Hi guys, welcome to the NTT20 betting show sponsored by Black Type Bet. Black Type, our sponsors, are still offering those of you who've not signed up to a Black Type account a £10 free bet on any football selection that you fancy. Whether it's one of ours from today's betting show or something that you come up with yourself ahead of the weekend. If you sign up to Black Type using the code NTT20, uh, you'll get a, a free £10 football selection without even having to sign up. So if you like betting, if you like football, if you like betting on football, which I kind of assume you do if you're listening to this podcast, then that is a, a good way of having a tenner on something that you fancy this weekend. Uh, for those who do have an account, scoreboard's the way to go. This is the game where you tweet us and at Black Type Bet, a game in the EFL this weekend that will be nil-nil and a game that will have over 4.5 goals. And any winners, anyone who gets both of those, will win a £20 free bet from Black Type. Uh, I'm on the line uh, with a fairly poorly George. George, sorry to drag you out of sort of an induced slumber. Uh, we're hoping that you're going to be back fit for the weekend because there's a big game, which is our match in focus. Um, but yes, uh, all of our thoughts are with you at this time. <laughs> it's a bit dramatic, that. But um, I just hope you can't transmit germs through a podcast because otherwise our listeners might get a bit ill but uh, um, yeah so forgive me if, I, if I'm not as talkative this time that would be an unbelievable breakthrough for science though wouldn't it well, I don't think it would be a breakthrough it would be an absolute disaster and the industry would be, uh, would be on its knees what's the old saying uh, you were so preoccupied with wondering if you could you didn't stop to think about whether or not you should that would be the real dilemma um, anyway um, because uh, you're feeling poorly and because we need to inject a bit of delight uh, I'm going to run us through last week because after a barren spell uh, it was finally a very good week for us and actually if you just picked the teams that we selected uh, we do th obviously one from each division uh, each of us had one that was void, that was called off, um, but we, we had winners. So I had Sheffield Wednesday and Luton, who were my nap, that they, and they won. You had Wigan and Luton, they both won. And you also had Timu Puki to score any time for Norwich against Leeds. And I also had Pompey, Donny, BTTS, yes, come in. So uh, both of us had three wins out of five picks. Um, and what that meant was uh, I was plus 3.1 for the week and you were plus 2.375 points for the week. So happy with that. In terms of the season stats, um, you're now minus 10.81, and I am minus 22.47. So uh, we can only continue to try our best to trend upwards. Uh, starting with this week's match in focus, and it is Oxford against Sunderland. Uh, there was absolutely no question that this would be our match in focus and regular listeners of the pod will understand why it simply had to be. Is it ridiculous, this situation, that a, a quote tweet of George's uh, quoting some Marco Hair stats back in November could lead to where we are now? Yes, yeah, it probably is. But uh, over the last few months, it's been the perfect storm, really. Uh, analysis versus fandom, uh, performance data versus the league table, spreadsheet versus grass. Uh, it's Oxford Sunderland and George, you're off to this one on Saturday. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, fingers crossed I'll be there. Um, yeah, I can't wait. It's uh, it's the game that I've been looking forward to um, all season, really. Me and you went up for the, for the away game. Um, but worth noting as well that, you know, Sunderland have been taken over by, by an Oxford fan in, in Stuart Donald um, and Charlie Methven as well. A, a big Oxford fan who've tried to buy the club before. So there's even more needle um, to the game as well. It's just going to be... I mean, it's... 
it's obviously not a rivalry. It's just it all feels a bit incestuous, given uh, given who's taken over the club, and um, and obviously I've had my run-ins with some Sunderland fans as well. So uh, given the way our season's going, I'm hoping that this is going to be the win that takes us away from the drop. Yeah, Jack Ross and his assistant uh, were on the Roker Report podcast this week. The excellent Roker Report podcast, we should say. Um, no mention that they've stuck your face up on the dressing room. Um, but you know we wouldn't be surprised heading into this. But you know a, a lot of a lot of what you've said, I'm sure you would say, has, has more or less come to pass. Uh, and they're a strange team to analyse in general. They are a team that have scored in every game this season, uh, but a team that haven't scored more than once in any of their last eight. So you've got this bizarre scenario where for Sunderland to score two goals or more in this game, um, you're looking at, at over two to one. But uh, they've scored in every game this season, so it, it is a confusing one. So, um, looking at this game, it's obviously hard for you to be neutral as an Oxford fan, but uh, I wanted to ask you where you think Oxford are right now in terms of performances, in terms of quality, and in terms of what you added at the end of the January transfer window. Because before we even talk about Sunderland, let's not forget that Oxford are a team in trouble at the moment, right down the bottom of the table. Yeah, underperforming. Um, you know, the shot data is much improved from, from the beginning of the season, um, a mid-table in that respect. But the performances and the results, I should say, haven't been great. Just one win in the last 11. Um, and it's it's a bit troubling throwing away points, um, I would say, against Burton, where we played against 10 men for 80-odd minutes and couldn't get a breakthrough and, and uh, squandering a two-goal lead against Barnsley. Um, but also worth pointing out as well that uh, and of their last eight games in all competitions, in that bad run, only two have been at home, uh, which was a 2-1 win um, against Portsmouth, which was fully deserved, and then a two-all draw against Barnsley, where by the time it was 2-0 to Oxford, they'd also hit the woodwork three times as well. So really should have been out of sight in that game. So the home form is much improved. Um, the performances are better since that torrid spell of just oh, sorry of no points against um, Southend, Bristol Rovers and, uh, and Plymouth. Um, so it, it's worth being a little bit more positive. I mean, I, as I said on Twitter, I was pretty excited about this game. as a better opportunity. I assumed that Oxford would be pretty big outsiders in the game. Um, they opened up at about two to one, and they're now seven to five with black types. So they're now favourites, and I think a lot of Oxford fans at least will be very surprised by that. And I think probably a few Sunderland fans will be as well, given Sunderland's, um, you know, their uh, their budget compared to Oxford's and the money they've spent. There's no way they should be going to a team in 21st and be outsiders. And uh, obviously business at the end of the transfer window, probably not your first choice if you'd had your pick uh, on the morning of the 31st, but Oxford got Jerome Sinclair in through the door. So that's another storyline here. Sinclair spent the first half of the season on loan uh, at Sunderland, very much in the shadow of Josh Madger and struggled to really get it going. Uh, but there is some positivity, isn't there, among Oxford fans that he, he is you know better than the options you had before? Well, I think he's got some pace, which is important. Uh, Jamie Mackey, Runs a lot, but he's never really going to stretch stretch a defence. And um, and I think Sinclair getting Braceford sent off within you know after ten minutes of his debut by breaking through the line and being the last man um, is a sign that he may offer something a bit different, and he's got something to prove as well. Um, on the other side of it, you mean you talk about storylines? Obviously, this is the third time that Chris Maguire will have played against Oxford since leaving. Um, he played for Bury at the Kassam Stadium last season and was taken off after about an hour. Um, when the score was nil nil, and Barry went on to win that two nil, and he was hooked off as well against in the home fixture early this season. Um, I think he was pretty lucky not to be sent off as well. So he's struggled in both games he's played um, against the club, which will be interesting to see if it happens again because obviously he's a player who, on his day, 
can be so influential. When it's not his day, he can be fairly destructive. He's been used very much off the bench in the majority of the last 10 games or so, which is uh, strange, really, considering how, how good he was, how important he was to this team in the, in the first part of the season. Of course, they've got... Uh, McGeady, who in every game, it seems, is producing one or two moments of magic that, that have made a huge difference for them. Uh, Morgan as well, who they got on loan in the January transfer window, started on the weekend, another wide player. I, I think personally that, that their threat from out wide is their major threat um, by a considerable distance. Of course, we don't know whether Will Grigg will start and whether Will Grigg will, will, will click straight away in this system. But the wide threat, the threat from their wide players, both carrying the ball and in cutting in and shooting, I, I would consider to be Sunderland's main threat. And it doesn't really bode that well for Oxford, given that I would also say, I don't know if you'd agree, that Oxford full, Oxford's fullback situation is not necessarily ideal. Um, Hansen, the right back, and uh, and Ruffles, the left back, by no means uh, horrendous players, but uh, to my eyes and I think to yours as well, neither necessarily natural fullback. So um, that was that was an area that I sort of highlighted as a potential uh, issue for Oxford uh, in this game. What what do you consider Sunderland's threats to be? Because uh, of course, you know most of our conversations are around them have been just about shot data really and how disappointing it's been and how. Um, the results have dropped off somewhat um, in line with that, but just on a, in terms of an individual game, you can't just use the, the data, can you? Because it's obviously on the pitch, uh, plenty of plenty of different matchups. Yeah, um, I mean, I think that the interesting thing, hearing Sunderland fans now talking about it, they say it's very slow pedestrian football, and you know there doesn't seem to be much attacking intent. So, uh, you know, this argument now doesn't necessarily come down to just data um i think we're seeing on the pitch as well that all of the last three victories sunderland's have been one nil wins they're struggling to create many chances um you know the win on the weekend was was again just a, a fantastic aid mcgini aid mcgini goal finishing off one of the few chances they had it was their first shot on target of the game against bottom of the league at home so it, i mean I, i'm i'd be it's hard it's a hard game to predict but given the evidence we've seen so far from sunderland and Oxford's recent performances, I think I'd be pretty surprised if if we saw Sunderland wipe the floor with Oxford. Um, the performances and, and the, even, I mean, I literally just now had another tweet from someone telling me that McGeady and Madge's quality means XG ratios are pointless for Sunderland. And, you know, it, 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 papering over cracks is, is, is the way to talk about it. He can't do it consistently. Aidan McGeady isn't, uh, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo, I'm afraid. Um, he might be a lot better than some people at this level, but... Um, it, it, there's only so many times he can bail them out of trouble. So, um, and and as you say, the results have started to drop off. Um, the the recent results haven't been anywhere near as good as previously. Of their three wins in the last thirteen or so, they've been against pretty poor opposition as well, where they've scraped through. So, um, yeah, as as I say, even if Sunderland do win this, I, I don't think it's going to be um, a, a swashbuckling performance that that um, they haven't been able to put in for for a fair few weeks. Yeah, the, the Roka Report website, and I've mentioned the podcast already, the website now, it must be one of the best sort of fan media platforms around in terms of what they're doing, both written and audio content. Um, but they wrote in a, they've written about their, their attacking issues, their stodgy attacking style in recent weeks. Um, a couple of the, the writers 
um, went a bit further than some. Some didn't think it was a massive issue. Some did. What One wrote that it's predictable and indirect going forward and the other wrote uh, the least attacking, attack-minded team I know. So it kind of tallies up with what you're saying there. They have got this amazing record of coming back from behind Sunderland. Uh, they've conceded the first goal in 11 uh, of their 28 games, but they've only lost twice when they've gone behind. So um, nine times out of 11, they have been able to turn this around. Um, so, so we sort of skirted around it at this stage. Uh, George, I'm going to ask you what your selection is here because I don't think, well, I'm certainly not embarrassed to say that I, I just found it so hard to pick anything. Basically, any angle I tried to look at, I was able to convince myself um, that it wouldn't happen. So I'm interested to hear what you're thinking. Um, yeah, I wanted to, to step up Oxford, but I mean, the price is, is completely gone. Um, I wouldn't necessarily have them as favourites either. I, I assumed we'd be, we'd be getting some kind of nine to four, two to one, the price opened up. Um, so, but I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't back this Sunderland team um, against <laughs> pretty much anyone um, because I, I don't think they're very good. So I'm going to go for the draw, which is something I don't do very often. Um, just because it's probably going to be a very low margin match. Sunderland don't score many goals. Um, Oxford have a decent defence. Striking issues and goal scoring problems are still going to be going to be a feature for Oxford going forward this season, despite the addition of Sinclair. So um, at nine to four, I mean, you're looking at the, the biggest price of the three possible um, of the three outcomes, and I, I don't think it's the least likely at all. Um, a nil nil or a one all is going to be a huge runner. So um, yeah, the draw at nine to four. I'm going to take the coward's way out here. I'm going to pick uh, both teams to score at five to six. And even with that, uh, I've, I've got to have some confidence in my pick. That is what I've fell down on, but uh, that's what I've fallen on rather. But um, as you mentioned, relatively stodgy going forward. Sunderland, Oxford, not always at their best. But I do think that, A, both teams will have attacking intent, will think that this is a game that they can go and get, that they can go and win. Um, and I do think that, that with the quality on show, I mean, look, I keep coming back to the fact that Sunderland have scored in every game this season. Now, you could argue that there have been many games where they've scored from from only one or two chances, but, you know, that is uh, a fact. So uh, both teams to score for me at five to six. Uh, let's get into our other selections there. And uh, we look forward to hearing your review of that game on, on the podcast on Monday. Um, uh, where's your nap this weekend? What's the best bet? Uh, my nap is in League One. Um, it is siding with a team who, as I said on Monday's um, podcast, I'm pretty sure are going to take the place of the team they're playing against, and that is Doncaster um, at home to uh, Peterborough. Um, Peterborough have had issues that we've spoken about for a long time. They were the early season Sunderland, uh, where we said that the performances couldn't continue. Um, that has finally culminated in the departure of Steve Evans uh, with Darren Ferguson returning to the club. Um, it was a Shocking start to his uh, third tenure with a defeat at home to Plymouth. Um, this Donny team, I'm a huge fan of. I think they're very, very good indeed. And John Marquis, they've got a goal scorer who should cause no end of issues to this pretty porous, posh defence. Um, despite the, the change of manager, um, they're on a slippery slope. They're only going one way. I mean, they're, they're not even fo they're not even featuring in my mind for for the playoff picture, let alone the automatics. Uh, whereas I think this Doncaster team are a bit of a clutch. Um, to, to get in there um, at home as well, a uh, home advantage. And, and it, realistically, given the league table, it's their biggest game of the season so far. Um, and to get three points here, I mean, it really is a six-pointer six for uh, for the home team. Um, and all the pressure going into it has to be on the team coming to them, trying to hold on to their position. So, yeah, just under even money at 19 to 20. Very happy to give 
Doncaster two points. Yeah, they look pretty good against uh, Pompey last weekend as well. Mine app's also in League One. It's Scunthorpe to beat Accrington. Uh, 17 to 10 with black type. That's my best bet of the weekend. I, I feel relatively similarly about all of my picks this weekend, but this was uh, more of a price thing, I suppose. Uh, Scunthorpe, they lost against Barnsley last weekend away from home, 2-0. No shame in that. They tried something different. They tried a different formation to 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 basically try and counteract Barnsley's many talents going forward, and it didn't quite work. But uh, it generally, you can't fail, but to be relatively impressed with them over the last few months. They've dragged themselves uh, away from the relegation zone. And while they're not completely out of it, uh, I think it, it's been really impressive to watch their turnaround after, well, the complete opposite. Uh, there was a month or two where they were pretty much the worst team in the league and and trending downwards and they've managed to stop that slide a few additions in, in January of course that we've mentioned uh, some of the defensive players Byron Webster and McGahey haven't actually played that much but it's almost like they've inspired uh, Mikado and Burgess to uh, to start performing to stop the individual errors that were undermining them uh, in December and November um, and and just in their current guises I think Scunthorpe are, are, are better than Accrington there's only one point between them Scunthorpe just above Accrington but They've played two or three more games, so uh, it's hard to quite work out. But uh, you've spoken about Accrington on Monday. You you wrote about Accrington as well on the Odds Checker site. Uh, they haven't scored in five games since Boxing Day, um, and just generally that the, they they're, they're in a worrying position. They're in worrying form. The goals have dried up, as you said, and um, I'm just feeling a little bit concerned for them. I think. Uh, that's fair to say. Um, Scunthorpe have been on a good run before that Barnsley defeat. They've beaten Wickham at home, Coventry at home, drew against Sunderland, playing very well in that one uh, in their last three home games. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good that the that the atmosphere is good, that McCall has suddenly uh, got a team that he thinks, well, that he is seeing is being very competitive on the pitch. They've cut out those individual errors. So with Hamill going forward and, and Novak's finishing ability that we've seen in the last few months, I, I, I like Scunthorpe and especially at 17 to 10. That's a price I'm very happy with. I think it's the most appealing price of, of all of my selections. So Scunthorpe to be Accrington at home is my nap. Uh, in the championship, uh, we both got the same selection, George. So tell me why we're going for Preston away at Bolton. Uh, I mean, Preston um, are the, the, you know, the flavour of the month for me at the moment in the championship. Um, you know, they only blocked um, in recent times, but, was but you know, two draws in the last four. But they hugely deserve the win um, against a, a you know a decent derby team who are playoff hopefuls. Uh, they drew 0-0 but dominated basically every single facet of that game. Um, and a one-all draw against Swansea where you could say the same. But no troubles away from home, uh, wiping the floor with Stoke 2-0 and putting four past QPR as well. So going into this one, they are one of the form teams of the league. Everything's clicking very nicely for them. Uh, the additions of Stockley and Potts have, have slotted in um, kind of more than seamlessly. They've, they've improved them straight away. Um, and whereas this Bolton team, as we know, are, are fairly, I mean, in, in fairness, I, I thought that they um, were not impressive, but they offered more than I expected um, and caused West Brom more problems than I anticipated in that live game a few weeks ago. But since then, they've picked up just the one point and that was against Reading where they scored late on. Uh, Chris Wilder also suggested that they made life difficult um, for, for Sheffield United in the last game, but ultimately... Um, it was futile. Um, this free-scoring Preston team should have a fairly easy time breaking down Bolton. So um, we've missed the price a little bit. 
Uh, it's yeah. been been back today, but um, but at ten to eleven, I still think it, it rates as value. Yeah, that that shortening in price was almost enough for me to choose Swansea at home to Millwall at eleven to ten. Millwall so so poor away from home, as we know, uh, but I just wasn't sure I could trust Swansea with with my money at the moment. I think. They're just too unpredictable. Um, and, and as regular listeners of the Monday pod will know, I, I basically wish I was a, uh, a Preston fan following the team away from home at the moment. Um, so many good times recently, not least with Alan Brown um, starting to score away from home just as much as he scores at home. Um, they're on great form at the moment, as you said. Jordan Story and Ben Davis have really established themselves at the back. Hugely impressive from both of them, really. Story joining from Exeter in the summer. Davis has come through the academy. So they're young centre-backs. They've got some more experience in there uh, with the likes of Clark and, and Huntingdon as well. Um, but they've established themselves and the fans seem thrilled. They seem to complement each other very well and they've uh, established themselves as part of a Preston back line that needed tightening up. And uh, and that's exactly what's happened. So Preston playing with a spring in their step at the moment, putting Hope in my heart for this one. Bolton uh, have only scored nine goals in their 15 home games this season and they've lost eight out of 15 games in the league at home. Um, their XG numbers are, are very poor, as you'd expect, essentially don't create much going forward. Um, they pose a, a set-piece threat, but in open play, very little. Uh, and they're not quite as good defensively as you might expect, just the sort of general perception of a Phil Parkinson team to be not quite as good. So uh, like yourself, I'm looking at the back four of Jason Lowe, David Wheater, Jack Hobbs and Andrew Taylor. And I'm sitting there thinking that uh, Preston's front line um, with its various different um, players on offer, different skill sets on offer, I think uh, I think they can get at them. So we're both taking Preston at 10 to 11, which takes us down to League Two this weekend. Who's your selection? Um, yeah, I'm going with Barry um, at 19 to 20 with black type. Uh, I feel a bit guilty for doing three odds on shots here, but... Um, but I think that they're, they're massive value here. A disappointing one-all draw against Crawley on the weekend um, means that they are winless in their last two after that thrilling game against Lincoln. But um, I think their goal-scoring exploits are so impressive um, and they're a team that I want to keep on side for most of the rest of the season. I think they've got a huge chance of, of troubling even top spot despite that golf, or not golf, but the gap between them and Lincoln and, and Mansfield at the moment. Um, Morecambe are, are struggling now. They're going through one of their their patches of form which will see them go down towards the bottom end of the table um and yeah i mean they're they're winless so their last three home games have lost two of them um and they're conceding goals fairly liberally so given the qualities of this this berry team have that we've spoken about so many times um just a shade of shade of odds on uh this is a i mean there are quite a few teams i actually fancy in league two this week this week and mainly the, the decent ones i think all the Top three, I think that uh, Lincoln look a decent price as the Mansfield, but uh, but Barry were the ones who really stood out for me. What about great friends of the pod, Grimsby Town? Um, they're away at Yeovil uh, this weekend, and and of course that's my pick. Uh, Grimsby are, are actually nine to four to win this one, but I'm going to take them. Uh, draw no bet at six to five. Grimsby's away form's nothing to get that excited about, and that's what's uh, stopping me from going the whole hog. Um, I spoke to a, a, a Grimsby fan, Matt. Uh, who knows exactly what he's talking about. And he he basically said that Grimsby are, are setting up no different away from home to how they set up at home. Um, but obviously having less of the ball, uh, as you'd expect, and struggling a little bit when that's been the case and, and, and tending to sit deep. And it's not always worked for them. Having said that, um, they're, they're in a, just at this weird form at the moment, Grimsby, in their last 10. Well, they, they won four in a row, then they lost four in a row. And then they've won the last two at home against MK Dons and Newport, looking very impressive. Um, in those four defeats in the middle of the run, 
were losses to Mansfield, Lincoln and Forest Green. So, um, you know, they, they, they tested themselves there against some of the best in the league. The conclusion was that they're not on that level. But I do think that throughout the season, we've seen them improve. I think they've, they've moved well away from being one of the worst teams in the league, which is what we were calling them back in August and early September. Um, as you can imagine, uh, this is more about Yeovil. Uh, I've spoken about them a lot on this betting show. It's one of my stronger, uh, one of my stronger opinions, really. Um, and and at home, especially, I'm keen to get against them. They've got the worst home record in League Two: uh, two wins, seven draws, and six defeats. Uh, just 13 goals in their 15 games at home. Um, they did win two in a row a few weeks ago uh, around Christmas time, but. Uh, in, in a wider picture, their form is very, very poor. In the last 23 games, and that is a cheeky sample size, conveniently picked to start after they beat Newport 6-0. Um, but in the last 23 games, uh, 16 points, uh, which is three wins, seven draws and 13 uh, defeats. In terms of XG, going forward, Yeovil just really struggled to get it going. They haven't produced higher in an individual game than 1.1 uh, expected goals in 14 in their last 14 games so they just struggle to, to create any sort of consistent uh, efforts any consistent good chances uh, within games and they've got Tom James suspended he was sent off in midweek I consider James to be one of their better players Josh Grant is on loan from Chelsea he missed the midweek loss against Cheltenham with an ankle injury I can't find much info on, on how long that will last but he'd be another Big loss because it was him coming in on loan from Chelsea that helped them um, get those two wins uh, uh, in early January. So uh, I'm going to take Grimsby, draw no bet here at 6-5. to five. I guess um, my fear, having spoken to Matt, the Grimsby fan, uh, is that if uh, is that really it's all down to the first goal. If Grimsby can get the first goal, uh, especially with the atmosphere around Hewish Park, Darren Way will be sitting in the stands. He'll be suspended after getting sent off himself in midweek. Um, I, I just think if Grimsby get the first goal, this could this could be as many as they want, really. But I'm just a bit worried at, at how it'll go. So I'm going to take Grimsby, draw no bet, at six to five in League Two. So what about the BTTS, uh, George? Where are you going for this? Um, Blackburn against Bristol City, uh, two teams who uh, well are in very good form at the moment. Bristol City absolutely flying, probably the form the form team in the Championship at the moment. And maybe a bit of a surprising one to tip them up for BTTS. Yes, given that Bristol City's good form is mainly built upon their good defensive record and Blackburn so strong at home. But um, despite their good home form, Blackburn's, uh, Blackburn have kept two clean sheets in their last uh, two home games. But before that, they hadn't kept one in the last five. Bristol City, full of confidence as well. Um, it's a case of, of, of I, I just fancy both teams to be full of confidence going into the game. Um, and given the kind of pick and price, um, it would be a surprise for me to see uh, Blackburn not register at home. It would also be a surprise to see Bristol City roll over, given their current form. Um, and just the stats as well suggest that despite Blackburn picking up plenty of points at home, um, they often do uh, let in one or two at the back as well. And, and Bristol City certainly have the quality to, to trouble them. So at five to six, which in BTTS markets this stage of the season's quite a big price. I'm happy to give a point to that. Yeah, I'm going crew against Macclesfield. Macclesfield, the home side there. Um, some reports coming out this morning that some issues with uh, wages being paid, not ideal and, and uh, really poor for this Macclesfield side who have lost their last two. Um, but they have scored in their last eight games and that 
has led me to think that this is a good bet because Crew have been very, very good going forward in the last few weeks. In fact, over the last eight or so games, uh, the XG data reckons that they are just the constant threat, really, in this division. Uh, right up there with your Berries and your Mansfield. So, um, Crew very good for a goal. Mans Macclesfield, rather, the home team, I think very good for a goal as well. Scott Wilson, for them, has shown some absolutely delightful finishing in the last few weeks. So, uh, it's uh, it's 1.75. It's 3-4 to four, um, this one. So, nothing too exciting there, but I'm hoping that... Uh, will be a banker. That's what I'm expecting. Crew and Macclesfield BTTS, which just leaves the long shots. Yeah, my long shot is, is Rotherham uh, to win to nil at home to Wigan. I think they look like a cracking price. Um, anyway, they're a team who put in performances deserving of, of, of results at home. And the home form is actually quite decent. And they're two to one to win this game, which I'm definitely backing as well. Um, but to win to nil, um, Wigan's away troubles are well documented. Um, this uh, In the last few weeks, they have lost uh, two nil at home to Middlesbrough. They've lost 1-0 at home to Ipswich. They've lost, sorry, away from home. Um, they've lost 2-0 at West Brom. They've lost 1-0 at Sheffield Wednesday. So, I mean, in Ipswich and Wednesday there, you've got two teams who've really struggled to pick up points recently and they've been unable to, to, to register. Rotherham, on the other hand, um, as I say, I think they've been unlucky not to pick up more points and this seems like a good game for them at a, at a good time. So, um, slightly um, cheating a little bit with the price at 15-4, to 4, but I'm ill, so I'm going to do it anyway. Um, so my long shot is, uh, is Rotherham to win to nil. Yeah, I am trying to get Fleetwood on side. I did it last week. I had them and BTTS against Charlton uh, and they won one nil. Um, and I'm going to pick them minus one to do the business here away at Bradford. That's at five to one. I mean, I haven't won a long shot since about 2003, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm trying, I'm trying my best. Uh, there, there's just something about Fleetwood recently that I like. Uh, the data's been pretty good. Um, they kept their key players and they added a couple more attacking options. The likes of Nadison and Sowerby coming back from Carlisle gives them a, a bigger squad. But all season, uh, Chet Evans and Madden have been a goal threat. Uh, Ash Hunter has been a, a fantastic creator from out wide. And Wes Burns is a good attacking player as well. So um, their, their defensive stats are what have really improved recently. And that's seen them uh, start to look upwards, actually. Uh, it's a long shot. Uh, that they'll reach the playoffs. But uh, out of the middle pack, I could see them finishing this season fairly strong. Bradford are a tough team to, to predict, really. Um, very leaky at the back and inconsistent going forward, by which I mean they have real peaks and troughs. Uh, feast or famine type stuff. In the last eight games, they've scored four twice and they've scored three once, but they've only scored one goal in the other five games combined. So uh, I'm going to back Fleetwood to to impress again at, uh, at Valley Parade uh, and to win... Uh, on the minus one handicap. It's just like they're about two to one and obviously we need it to be around four to one for a long shot. So I was just desperately trying to find a way and I've decided that this is a better option um, than them and BTTS. So we'll find out on Saturday. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Just to recap our picks, uh, George and I have both gone for Preston in the championship. Uh, George's nap is Doncaster in League One um, and mine is Scunthorpe in League Two. I'm picking Grimsby draw no bet um, away at Yeovil and George is picking Berry to win um, in the match in focus between Oxford and Sunderland um, I can't actually remember what George went with just remind me I went for a draw George has gone for a draw and I've gone for a both 9-4 yeah that's right I've gone for both teams to score at 5-6 to six. our BTTS picks are both yes at George in Blackburn against Bristol City and myself in crew uh, their away game at Macclesfield and the long shots 
uh, George Rotherham to beat Wigan to nil. Uh, and my long shot is Fleetwood minus one. Uh, we're hoping to build on that good week last week. Uh, we'll talk to you again uh, on Monday with the pod, uh, the normal pod, and then Thursday betting show. We'll see how we get on. Best of luck with your picks this weekend. Make sure you sign up to Black Type with the offer code NTT20 if you want a free £10 football selection. And uh, Thanks very much for joining us, guys.